When's the last time the Detroit Lions won a playoff game? 1991. When's the last time they won a playoff game before that? 1957. Matter with you. I was actually traded to the Detroit Lions, and you just traded me to the Lions. I go, oh, I'm retired. Like, I was like, oh, no, I'm retired. How can you trade me? <laughs> and I stayed on the Patriots. Vikings <laughs> at 19. The Detroit Lions wow. at 20. Okay, you're the Lions. People see your, you on the schedule and say, we have an easy schedule. Hey. That they've given us no reason to have faith in them. <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. The Lions are now six and seven, quiet as kept. Ben Johnson talk, because I think he's going to be a head coach next year. You're, this offense is too good, too dynamic. They've won five of six. They've scored 25 plus points in five straight games. There is no more entertaining team in football right now than the Detroit Lions. Welcome back, boys. Here with Jeej live. Episode five, how we doing? Doing good, Helzer. How about how about uh, how about yourself there? Oh, I'm doing good. Recovering from a uh, uh, deviated septum surgery, so hopefully my voice sounds a little better. But uh, other than that, we're hanging in there. It's draft time, baby. It's almost that time of year. Uh, less than a month away. Lions, uh, Detroit Lions fans, Super Bowl. If I if I had to describe the draft myself, always 100%. always look forward to it every year. Biggest moment of the year, but uh, you know the Lions. Might be different now. Though. It it might be different. You're exactly right. God, I feel so weird saying that, and it's scary too. It's like you kind of hold yourself like I don't want to get hurt again. <laughs> yeah, you you think you're gonna fall into a trap. You're waiting for Lucy to pull the football. You're waiting for somebody to pull the rug from out from under you. Absolutely. But at the same time, you see when good good moves are being made and decisions that are logical. I guess is the best word to put it. Um, and it makes you feel a little better. Feels different. Yeah, but. Well, We'll leave know, it at that. I know it's been said before, but I'm just going to, you know, let it play out. If I have no expectations, I can't get hurt. Yeah, that's that's, that's a good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> All right, so we got a special episode today. Uh, we're going to take a look at it. We're going to dive into our mock draft 1.0. Uh, so today what we got planned here, Helzer is going to take the even pick or the odd picks so he's going to kick it off with Carolina, then I'll follow up with Houston, then Helzer will pick for Arizona, so on and so forth. We'll do that all the way to pick 30. And then because Miami couldn't uh, hide the fact that they really wanted Tom Brady and Sean Payton in uh, in uh, Miami next year, they do not have a first-round pick, so we'll do uh, <laughs> 31 as a uh, as a group here. They need um, that too, man. That would help them so fucking much. Man, if that Bijan to the Dolphins, I thought was a lock, and then they went <laughs> oh, and did that, no. and they got their pick taken away. Oh, like, no. and now they got to wait till possibly the second round. I mean, you still can get Jameer Gibbs or Charbonnet, but man, Bijan to the Dolphins, I thought was an absolute lock, and then they got their pick taken away, which was insane to me. Um, but first, before we dive in and uh, get Helzer on the clock here for Carolina. I did want to talk a little bit about just some of your favorite draft day memories or mo notable moments that stick out to you. Um, you know, could be anything personal or, you know, just anything that sticks out to you or it doesn't necessarily have to be Detroit Lions related. Uh, but Helzer does have a good Detroit Lions related draft day story <laughs> that he, he could share. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, Helzer, what, uh, what draft day memories or moments stand out in your opinion? 
So there's a couple I would definitely say. I would definitely I would say for sure that the Laramie Tunsil was one that threw a wrench in there. Um, you know, he was projected top five, top ten pick the whole year, and then um, literally hours before, there's a video of him just gas masking just a whole bunch of dope. great a huge hit <laughs> great lungs on the prospect great great lungs on the prospect but like jesus man like just before you're about to you know and i i really think it was something to do someone just wanted to get him back because i mean three hours before the draft i mean come on it's just it, it's the timing is just ridiculous yeah somebody was trying to set him up sabotage him i it worked. say it was like his stepdad or something something it was some wild backstory to that whole thing but yeah, that that one in the day and age of social media, that one was absolutely nuts. Yeah, I think that one, like like you said, it was just kind of the hot social media, and that one just kind of took took it off the boards right there. But I would say the one that I, that you were reminding me of, the Snapchat I sent you before, and it was in the second round. And like I said, there was a lot of okay players there, and the one I really wanted was AJ Brown, and he was still there. And I'm just like, you know, Lion. I was a big AJ Brown guy, Ole Miss, him and Metcalf. And I really want the Lions to get them or a corner or something. I even like Lonnie Johnson at the time. Uh, he wasn't too bad. Um, but anyway, they selected Jelani Tavai. I actually traded up uh, and got him. And I literally – there was no film on him at all. He was in a sling. No, the ESPN <laughs> cut to like high school tape of him in Hawaii. Yeah, and yeah, and he's in a sling like the time. They're talking about how good of a leader he is. And the NFL announcers, like that's how you know it's bad. Is like they had nothing to say and they just said that he was just a, I heard he was a great kid. And I'm like, this is a second round pick. And I'm like, I invested. I had season tickets for three years and I just went pretty much went off on myself and said, I'm the problem. And I sent it to everybody on my phone. Uh, I was like, I was on a pint of tequila, half in right there, and uh, yeah, the end of the night. Um, don't remember it, but I woke up at a theater watching the Avengers at four thirty in the morning. That's what Bob so, Quinn will do to you. <laughs> yep, and uh, my buddy Billy was here, and uh, yeah, that was uh, that was probably the one for me that um, I, I uh, at least everybody I didn't drive, so we're good there. But other than that, that was the most memorable because uh, I was just so upset, and I just was like, I fucking hate this team. <laughs> <laughs> like i absolutely hate this team uh so mine the first one that really sticks out to my memory we first got cable right around 2005 so i think that was the first nfl draft it was either 05 or 06 whatever draft i think it was 05 aaron Rodgers slipping i think that that was wow, the first okay. draft that i watched i remember watching on espn um, was Aaron Rodgers slipping because I remember, you know, it was between him and Alex Smith and I I kind of expected Aaron Rodgers to be picked shortly thereafter, but then I mean he falls all the way to twenty two or twenty three or wherever Green Bay was. And I remember just thinking like, Oh, okay, so this is the next guy that's gonna kill the Lions for the next twenty years. Uh, can't wait for that. <laughs> right, right. And sure as shit, he goes on and you know, just dominates the NFC North. But that's definitely the first one that stands out in my mind. There's another one that's very recent. 2017, I believe, is the draft year. I remember getting home uh, from work, uh, laying down on the couch, tuning into the first round. Um, I think Miles Garrett goes first, so you know, no shock there. Um, but it's uh, 49ers at pick two, oh my Bears God. at three. The Bears trade with the Niners to take the second pick. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, they'll probably go after. Uh, I thought it was Watson. At the time. I thought it was um, either going to be uh, Jamal Adams, uh, safety, 
or um, there was another D lineman who didn't really pan out that San Fran ended up getting at three. Oh, uh, yeah, shit, what was his name? He was from Stanford, right? Yeah, yeah, so I thought he was going to be the pick. I thought it was going to be one of those two picks, and when Roger Goodell announced that the pick was Mitch Trubisky, or Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> I damn near fell off the couch I was laying on. I laughed. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding. They traded up for Mitch Trubisky. They won pick. North Carolina, too, and they weren't nothing in the football back then. Oh, man, I remember that. I was just like, this just sums up the dysfunctionality of the Chicago Bears. Like In the draft with Mahomes and Watson. Mahomes and Watson, and oh, man, that... I remember that one. I remember just laughing. Solomon Thomas. There it is. There, that's the name. <laughs> But I just remember sitting there thinking, like, oh, man, that's uh, that's a doozy. And we all knew how that was going to turn out. Yeah, that that was – I mean, if you really think about it, too, when you see him trade up to two, you're like, okay, they're definitely getting a quarterback. And me and Watson, we won the championship the year before. I thought for sure that was Watson. I was like, man, that's a good move by the Barry. And then they select Trubisky, and it's like – like you said, it's nice because you're a Lions favorite at the same time. We were crying in those times, too. So, you know, go from there. Yeah, so some of the few draft day memories that stick out to me, I'm sure something along those lines will happen this year. Of course, we got. Is there to- a good one? Is there a good one where you were like, you know, I'm glad like uh, this this happened for this player. I'm happy for him, or like something that was just like the most memorable. That was a good one. Or you're like, that's a fucking great pick. Like- um, I'm trying to think if there was one that really stood out to me. I can't rem- I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. I know that like you know seeing seeing the guys get emotional when they get drafted. I just couldn't imagine what that moment would oh, feel man, like. Oh man, dude, yeah. Your whole life work your as hard as you can just to get to that moment and then finally hearing your name, you know, like and for most of those guys it's life-changing money. I mean, oh yeah. Even the first contract, even though it's, you know, structured to where you don't get paid as lucrative as like the Staffords and the Sues did when they were drafted, but still, yeah. I mean, that's still life changing money too. So for sure, um, sorry, I really don't like a trade up because I got a trade up that I was like, right, you go ahead and talk about it. Julio Jones when they traded oh, okay, all that yeah, capital yeah. for Browns, that's like, a good one. I was like, what in the hell? I was like, this guy better be a Hall of Famer, <laughs> you know? Because like, they gave up a lot. To, I forgot what it was, but they gave up a lot to go up there to get Julio Jones, and uh, yeah, that yeah. was one where I was like, you know what? I hope it pans out for him because it, that's a lot to give up, and it did. And it's like, yeah, the Browns didn't really do much with those picks. I I remember that too. I remember they the Falcons were like in the mid to late 20s with their pick, and they jumped up all the way to, like, six, I think, or something crazy. They gave up a lot of capital for that yeah. pick. And, I mean, yeah, it turned out great for them. Um, One thing that that I uh, that you kind of brought up with those trades is uh, with these restructured contracts now, I, I kind of miss the days where, you know, like 24 to 48 hours before the draft actually starts – the first pick of the draft would be announced and they would sign for like 120 million guaranteed or something yeah, like that. Yeah, right, right. Like that did, Andrew I, Luck type of stuff. Yeah, I remember when they when Stad that happened with Stafford and I was kind of just like, eh, you know, there, there really wasn't a quarterback in that draft that was like franchise changing type of guy. Like Stafford was good in Georgia, he had AJ Green. Um I think he would play with no Sean Moreno too. So I knew that uh, Stafford was going to be a good quarterback. But, yeah, like, I remember uh, even when, like, uh, oh, Houston, uh, DeMarco, no, uh, DN. Oh, God, Why can't I remember his, I don't know. But same year they went for uh, 
Reggie Bush. I think that was the 06 draft. That 06 draft is actually pretty memorable. Oh, Mario too. Williams? Mario Williams, thank you. Yeah, that that one I remember seeing, remember uh seeing those picks and being like, "Damn, he just signed for an absolute bag and a half." <laughs> yeah. But that that one is probably pretty the Reggie memorable. Bush, man. Reggie Bush in that class, Vince Young, AJ Hawk, a lot of good college football players in that draft for sure. Um, do you did you hear the story of uh, Reggie Bush and the Jets? Um, how his agent said, you know, we're going to New York, it's better market and everything like that. And Sean Payton said, no, because we're fucking picking you. <laughs> I think I think I did hear that story, yeah. It was like, just Sean Payton's like, yeah, sorry, bud, but we're taking you. <laughs> at two. Running back at two, man. That's, that's you mm. won't see it again. No. Even with Bijan. Uh, two decades ago, that the, the league has changed for sure. I don't think you'll ever see a, a running back in the top five ever again. I think the last one that... Hold that honor will probably be Zeke. I think he was taking. Yeah, because he's after Fournette, right? Yeah, yeah, for, dude. Yeah, Fournette went high too, man. Yeah, that's running backs. I mean, it's like I said. I think Bijan could go ten, though. We'll talk about that later. But it, it, I think his the, that's the, that's the spot where I could see it just based on the team. You know what I mean? That's probably the only spot that I could see it happening. But even then, I think uh, Philly has to reload. It's on some of their D line. Yeah, spots, they do. But, they uh, lost everybody. I mean, speaking of the draft, Helzer, let's get it kicked off. So, um, all right, first here, we're going to go ahead and uh, put Helzer on the clock. Uh, so, Helzer's going to take the odd picks. We even got a little uh, little jingle here for you guys listening oh, at yeah, home. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll get that going. So, Helzer, uh, you're officially on the clock here as the Carolina Panther GM. All right, guys. Well, uh, the pick is in. So with the first pick in 2023 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. I know this isn't the consensus. Um, it's C.J. Stroud. But um, like I watched a lot of Bryce Young just because I really like the way he plays the position. And it's really like if you watch him, he, he's like a mini Mahomes, I would say. And the only reason why I say that is just because, like, he just makes makes plays. You can knock his side, say whatever you want, but he always makes plays. He's, the moment's never too big enough, and I just feel like that he is the best, like, when it matters most on the field with the pressure cracking. I just feel like he's the most. He's going to be the most calm, and if I had to pick a quarterback out of this class to go trade to one for I'm going to take Bryce Young just based on what he's seen in Alabama. We got to remember, Alabama didn't have the receivers like they had last year. And um, and, and then they said they're SEC receivers. They're great, but there was no Jerry Judy's, you know, stuff like that. And last year, I've seen him win games that he probably shouldn't have won. Um, and it was based on, you know, Alabama and Texas was a battle, too. And they came out on that one. But at the same time, I've seen Alabama almost lose to Auburn. But last second, Bryce Young comes in in overtime, and it's like, they really didn't have the help, but it. I just the way I watch him play, man. I, I just love the way he plays the game. And if I was gonna go up and trade all my chips, I, I would take Bryce Young. Yeah, I like that analysis, Mel Kiper. But no, I, I agree everything you say there. I think uh, Bryce Young. Ta 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 I think he's the consensus uh, best quarterback in this uh, in this draft there. So I, I like the pick there. All right, so with. Uh, Houston here. I'm going to go ahead. The pick is in. With the second pick 
of the 2023 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans will select C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. Okay, all right. I just think, uh, you know, they have a few different options. Um, they they could punt on a quarterback this year. I mean, they brought in D'Amico Ryans, a little bit of a defensive guy. Um, but me being a GM, I think C.J. Stroud, I think he's a solid quarterback. I think he'll translate well to the NFL. He's got good size. He's got good arm strength. Um, he doesn't even have to play right away. You know, you could feed Davis uh, Mills to the Wolves <laughs> for another couple weeks before you have to bring in Stroud. Um, but I, I think uh, as a as a franchise quarterback, you know, I don't think he's one of the elite guys like an Andrew Luck or, you know, a, a Trevor Lawrence. But I think he can fit into that next tier where, you know, he's, you know, somewhere in the top 10, top 15 uh, in a couple years. But I, I think C.J. Stroud's the, the next best quarterback in this class. There's no doubt. What would your comparison be for him? Like, uh, if you had to give, like, an NFL comparison, like, ceiling. It's it's a tricky one because he's he's more mobile than a Jared Goff, who obviously relies on a lot of accuracy, and I think that's kind of where C.J. Stroud's game is going to be. Um, but, you know, he showcased a lot playing in that Georgia game. You know, he's always put up good numbers. I feel comfortable him, you know, falling into that Trevor Lawrence type of mold. I okay. think he's right below that. I think Trevor Lawrence is becoming that elite quarterback that everyone thought he would be in high school and college. Um, but, I mean, yeah, he's going to be – I think he's going to be a, a guy that relies on a lot of accuracy, you know, kind of the timing, five-step, seven-step, three-step drops where it's all about rhythm and timing. Um, and, you know, I, he can run when he has to. It's not really the main part of his game. And I could say that the same thing for Bryce Young, um, the, the ability to make plays in the pocket or when plays break down, and I think they both can do that. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a specific quarterback in mind, you know, maybe like a Deshaun Watson. Okay. All right. No, I. why not? I mean, if it's going to be that, I mean, I think he, I think he sees worth the second pick. Um, the only thing is, too, is we, you're talking about this, so the, you know, they got time to hit on or swing on a quarterback they don't have to take a swing uh, just the whole Richardson thing do you think uh, that could be a possibility at all just based on the, the D'Amico Ryan's contract how long it is he's locked in for six years yeah I don't know I I know they got a uh, Nick Casario the GM is there um, if I had to guess I would probably say no that they probably wouldn't pick Anthony Richardson there at two um, I you know like you said uh, they could punt on a quarterback, take Will Anderson here, you know, tank again next year for a top pick, end up uh, with a, a chance at one of the quarterbacks in the next year's class. Um, but I, I don't think oh, Richardson, I don't think Richardson is uh, at at play here at two. Okay. All right. All right. We'll pick three coming up here. Arizona, we're doing no trades here, so uh, we'll go ahead and do that. We won't do those. Through and uh, so I this is the tough one here because I wanted to go Jalen Carter, you know, because it's the second be the best player, but obviously there's some stuff happening with him. And if I'm looking at it this way, uh, the Arizona Cardinals is not a good locker room for him right now because I don't really think I don't see really any big veterans in there. JJ Watt just left, Hopkins is on his way out, Kyler Murray is just not focusing on the team, it seems like, uh, you know, so I don't like that locker room for him. So, you know what, I either got to go with 
I got to go with an edge rusher here based on, you know, the position value, or I go with the tackle here. And I, I would like to go, I, will, I think I would go Paris Johnson here just because I, I, I think you just, you, you already paid Kyler all that money. Um, I think you have to protect him. And when I went, like I said, I went to the combine, and I seen Paris Johnson too, and uh, he was just, he was unreal. Like he, he, the way he moves, and he's just, he's probably the, I would say he's the, one of the best tackles in this draft. And I, I just think that Arizona has to make a smart pick here based on a new head coach. And you can't, you can't go wrong getting a line right here. Maybe a little too early, but at the same time, you just paid Kyler. You got to protect him. He's coming yeah. off an injury. Never too early to protect the franchise guy. And uh, like you said, you pay him all that money. You either got to get him a weapon or you got to protect him. There's no weapon here worth taking. Um, you know, Will Anderson could be a selection here, but I think, yeah, you either have to protect Kyler, get him a weapon, or uh, try to figure out uh, something on the an identity on defense. But, yeah, the right now the Cardinals are in disarray, um, you know, with the head coach leaving, um, the GM taking a leave of absence too. The, the, there's a lot going on, and, yeah, I completely agree. The Cardinals and Jalen Carter is not the greatest. All right, so Indiana or Indianapolis Colts on the clock here at four. The pick is in here. Uh, so what are we thinking here? I think here at four, the Indianapolis Colts will select Anthony Richardson. Woo! quarterback out of Florida I think you have to roll the dice here you just signed Gardner Minshew so you can obviously let this ride out let this rebuild ride out you're in no real you know you know you're no in no real hurry to try to turn this thing around if I'm Indy surprised to let Chris Ballard you know kind of re re uh, route this ship here and make Frank Wright uh, be out to be the scapegoat when Frank Wright never really had a franchise quarterback um, but I mean, I think the upside with Richardson is so high that, you know, it's very tempting to, to take him early cause he could be the best quarterback in this class. I mean, obviously he didn't produce like you would want to see like a Stroud or a Bryce Young do in college. Uh, but he has all the tools. He has all the athleticism there. I mean, um, it, it, everything is there, but you know, it, it's a situation where he could go and sit for a year. Uh, you know, kind of learn a system, kind of take his time uh, getting familiar with the NFL and how to prepare and everything like that. But I, I think this is a spot here where uh, Richardson could go here to, to the Colts. And I, I could see him easily uh, being the guy in another year or two. That, like I said, you don't have to you don't have to bring him along right away. There's a guy you can stash. Uh, you know be bad for another year, go get another top pick and either you know that my whole thing with the quarterback here is you either got to protect him or get him a weapon and i think next year indy's probably going to look to protect him even in this draft later on when in their picks but um right here i'm gonna go richardson all right i like it i like it we got seattle here oh man this was that richardson's the guy i wanted to fall honestly i think it was a perfect situation the way geno smith's contracts lined up and the way pete carroll man i mean i think the way geno smith is like you just paid him but he's what 32 and you know Pete Carroll, he can coach these guys. You know he he literally brings people like this in. They were, uh, Colin Cowher, he was talking about it. Uh, what was it? Uh, Rich Sherman was a fifth round pick. His scouting report wasn't the best. Cam Chancellor, his scouting report was the best. And these guys turned into 
damn, you know, all-stars for multiple years. They had a very good draft class last year, too. And then the, the Woolen they got in the fifth round, like, he, he can coach these guys. So I think Richardson would fit them well. But um, since you got him off the board, I think you got to go best player available here. And um, this is interesting, though, here, because it's like Jalen Carter here's for two, but Will Anderson obviously would probably be the pick. But if Jalen Carter wasn't um, – in trouble with the law or whatever he's, the the situation going on right now, I feel like they, they could go Jalen Carter just because it's a better fit for them based on the front. So, But I'll go Will Anderson here just based on the news for Carter. Um, I think he's just an absolute stud. He, I think he would have been a top, high one of the top picks last year in the draft too if he came out, if he was eligible. He had, what, 14 sacks last year and then 13 this year. So, I mean, the guy is just – he's plays for Alabama. I mean, if you watch any Alabama games, you know who Will Anderson is in – like I said, everybody, the quarterback knows exactly where he is on the field. He's the first person he's looking at. He just, um, he's just dominant. I feel like that he's going to be that type where he's going to be that Hall of Famer too, where it's like that Demarcus Ware type player where you know what you're getting right away and everybody can kind of see it, you know. Yeah, I, I, he's definitely better than Trayvon Walker. Had he come out last year, he'd have been easily the number one pick. I, there's no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, I, I think either Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Seahawks could be a good spot for Jalen Carter though, just because, like you said. They uh, have a well-established culture there. They got a couple guys in that locker room. You bring Bobby Wagner back on a one-year deal. Yep. And uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. They do need an interior lineman. Jalen Carter would fit that bill. But they got extra picks too, you know. So it's like you got to look at the draft and like, okay, because they got to pick later in the the, the first yep. in the twenties, and then they got a, a early second too. So it's like they 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 control the draft i think i think them the, them and the lions are in the eagles are in control of the draft obviously they have the most picks but they have the most flexibility to do anything which makes it really interesting yeah i i think uh you're picking at this spot you're you know both seattle detroit were right there in the playoff picture uh you're picking this high it's a luxury for sure i mean absolutely to get a top 10 pick and you're uh both um you're both, uh, you know, playoff teams a year before. I think it's a it's a luxury at this point. But yeah. uh, we're going number six here. Uh, I'm so curious what you want to do here, honestly. Because well, like I said, Lions, I'm... Lions people right now. Like I said, we got a lot of buddies glued eyes glued to the TV right now. The volumes on the Max and their Samsungs. <laughs> you know what I what I what I want to do here is you know pray to God that Richardson falls, but just because I think you. You pick for the future in this spot. You're in a luxury, but... It's know. the Rams pick, too. It's not yours. Exactly. I, I don't think I could take Will Levis here at six. Um, you did enough in the free agency uh, to address the corner position, so I'm going to rule out Christian Gonzalez here and uh, Devin Witherspoon. And I think uh, it's going to have to be a lineman. So if if I am the GM of... if. Um, Brad Holmes here. You got the baseball bat right now, Bob Quinn. You got the baseball bat. <laughs> All right, then I guess we're picking Jelani Tavai here at six. But, Where's um, the tequila? If I'm picking here at six, I have to do my homework on Jalen Carter. The talent is so incredible with him that it obviously could change the way this defense operates. But, you know, I mean, we're just going off, you know, two podcasters in a, in a man cave. <laughs> we're, we're not doing our actual, you know, we didn't get the luxury to talk to Jalen Carter and figure out what the hell happened, you know, what the hell his issue There's is. There's a body cam video of him getting pulled over speeding. Yeah, uh, I think he has a habitual driving problem. And, I mean, <laughs> I think s s things like that can be figured out in the NFL. You got enough resources. You got enough money to figure something out. 
especially a top ten pick. Like it's that. such a hard decision. You gotta man. you gotta take care of him. But you know, me, <laughs> I they do need an edge player. I think you know they got something. Um, you know they they have a rotation of guys opposite of Hutchinson. Obviously, Houston was a big fine um, in the sixth round. Didn't start. Didn't play till Thanksgiving. Ended up with eight sacks. Wish I mean, we didn't cut him. That's incredible. But um, I'm going to go here. The pick is in. Um, we're going to go here. So with the sixth pick, uh, the Detroit Lions are going to take Tyree Wilson. Ooh, okay. Edge out of Texas Tech. I just think, like I said, defense is probably going to be the pick here regardless of what position it is. If if the Lions do their homework on Jalen Carter and they figure out, you know, hey, you know, we like Jalen Carter, it these things we off off the field he's going to be in a good locker room he's, there's a lot of you know veteran players mixed with some young players um you know top down from ownership to you know the guy that does the laundry every day it's all about grit man and <laughs> holding everybody accountable so if jalen carter goes that's a good situation i do think but the end of the day i you know i think i have to take a player if it's not a quarterback that i'm hoping for upside Give me a guy that can start day one opposite of Hutchinson. And six, let's go six, after the dude. Quarterback. Dude, monster. He's, he's athletic. Can, can, he, can he play interior, you think? If they're like, hey, can we move you inside? He's big enough. Do you think? That's the thing with him. Like When I watch him, I, I don't think he's the best edge rusher, but I feel like he's the most raw. And if you have good coaching, like that's why I think he's projected so high in these drafts because it's like you can watch the tape on him. And, yeah, he's, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but he's not going to pop off um, like these other guys do. So – I don't know. I just I feel like that if if you do take uh, what do you call it, uh, Tyree Wilson? I said I feel like that they're betting on they could coach him to be two times better just based off it. You know what I mean? So I love that pick. Um, so this is the one here, like Vegas. This is the Jalen Carter pick. I, if I'm the GM, I mean, hey, Henry Ruggs just did what he did. Um, everybody does everything here. You know, there's no backbone to our organization. I'm just getting paid. But it, like I said, if I'm the GM here, this would probably be the pick. But at the same time, we have to. We're trying to better our team here. We can't take any chances. So me personally, I know the Raiders. Um, they haven't really been strong drafting offensive linemen lately. Um, Alex Leatherwood, cough, cough. Um, but at the same time, I said I think they need a guy that's versatile that can go in there and uh, can play either uh, guard or tackle. And I want to take uh, Peter Skaronski right here for the the Raiders. I know they got Jimmy G. Um, I don't really like the Will Levis right now. Um, I, I can't take him this high. But if I'm going to build my team, like I said, what, there's no wrong resource to build in the offensive line. And you're just kind of, like I said, you're in a division with these quarterbacks. Um, you got you to gotta protect yourself and get your guy the next year the, or whatever before because, um, you know, you're not going to win when you're playing Herbert, uh, Russell Wilson, and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I agree. I even think they could, you know, possibly look at the defense here too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the the Raiders are one of the. Uh, I mean, we talked about it on the last episode. I didn't really like what they've done in the off season. So, I don't even if they picked, you know, Will Levis here. Uh, I don't know who they pick or what they decide to do. Like I like you said, that that, that organization. They're in a spot where their owner actually, you know, Mark Davis probably isn't as controlling as like you know, <laughs> say a Jerry Jones is, but. I bet he's a, I bet he's a kind of a, a strange cat. So I don't know. It, like you said, there's they could do a lot of different things. I don't think it's going to really matter because they're probably not going to be very good next year. We'll see. Yeah, that's like the and only reason they, why they, I took they the get tackle, a good, though. Yeah, if they get a good situation out of you know a good season out of Jimmy, 
Um, you know, yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with the pick at all. I, I think, you know, there's a, just a few different things that you could do. May, tackle probably makes the most sense if you're trying because uh, their offense is probably, you know, one of the more pro-ready offenses, even trading Darren Waller. So, yeah, I, I, I think that that's a solid pick. Um, but uh, we have next here on the clock, Atlanta. And I think uh, this is where the Jalen Carter slide stops. Uh, I think, you know. Pick is in? Yeah, I think the pick is in. I think uh, that with the eighth pick here, the Atlanta Falcons will take Jalen Carter. I think the slide stops. Keep him in Georgia. Yeah. It, you know, close to family. Um, it, it, in a situation like that, I think being close to family is, you know, not a bad, uh, not, you know, not a bad situation to be in. You just, you know, wanted want them to put them around um, a good group of guys, and they just brought in um, Kalias Campbell. You know, so he's a veteran guy. He's a Walter Payton Man of the Year type of guy. So be him having him in that locker room would be huge for Jalen Carter. Um, so I think here uh, at eight, the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Jalen Carter slide stops and. It just almost plays out perfectly in Chicago. Oh sometimes. my god! Like I just, I was literally looking at that. I'm like, can you imagine? You get the top, probably the top three player in the draft. Like if there's a no off the field issues, and you go trade all them picks from going to come back down to nine, but still get one of the best guys. Could you imagine? Oh man! But yeah, I think it's a good fit. And like you said, close to family, um, could work out. And like you said, he's too talented of a player not to just, you know, like you said, you gotta do your homework on him. Like Vegas already. Rid him off their draft work is what happened, apparently. I wouldn't surprise me if that was smoke. <laughs> Just based on the, the potential of the player he is. Oh, yeah. You don't, you know, I don't mean, yeah, you, you're going to throw something out like that just to, you know, smoke screen. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, for me, Chicago, there's a couple things I could do here. And this is the thing. You have a lot of capital this year, next year. Uh, so it's like... If I'm looking at it this way, what I would do is I'm going to just pick the best player available. Um, and I think the best player available right here um, is you're keeping it in-house. Um, and so it's kind of the same thing here. But we're going with Devin Witherspoon here uh, going to the Bears, um, keeping them in-house. Uh, I think they'd be great for the um, you know the, the new Bears, the way that they're going. And uh, he's, a, he's probably one of the top corners in the draft. I like Gonzalez too, but I feel like Witherspoon fits kind of what Chicago is trying to do. And um, I just I just like the way that he plays and um, like just his instincts. And I just feel like if you go BPA here, I think Witherspoon would be a pretty good pick for the Bears. And what better way to keep him in Illinois? Yeah, I like Witherspoon a lot. He's a real physical corner. I mean, it, he didn't Illinois didn't play a ton of talented teams in college, but you know I've never he been. He pops one, off the tape. Exactly. I've never been one to to apologize for the opponent that I have to play on a Saturday or a Sunday, but. No, he's very physical, uh, plays the run really well. He does pop off the tape, like you said. Um, he's going to be an aggressive man-to-man defender. You know, kind of fits that mentality, that personality that the Bears think they've had, even though yeah. they haven't had that since 1985. Um, but I'm one to talk a Lions fan. But anyways, <laughs> um, no, I think it's a good pick, solid pick. Um, there was some medical things at him with the combine, but it doesn't sound like it's going to impact his draft stock too much. So... I think uh, the first corner off the board at nine is a solid landing spot if, uh, if I'm Weatherspoon, especially a, a That's defense. where the corner should go, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like it's harder to take a corner. I think seven would be okay, too, but like I said, like, taking a corner at six would be tough for me. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it before. Yeah. 
All right, so pick 10 here. Um, I think if I'm Philly and uh, this guy falls to me at 10, I, I think I got to be a little overjoyed here. So the pick, uh -oh. is, pick is in. So with the 10th pick here, I think the Eagles uh, have no choice but to go Christian Gonzalez uh, out of Oregon here at 10. Okay. I think um, him and Witherspoon are definitely the top uh, two. You may, might, you know, you could probably throw Joey Porter Jr. in there. Um, but Christian Gonzalez, another big physical, uh, not not as physical as Witherspoon, but uh, he definitely makes plays in the uh, on the tape if you watch him. Uh, Six-foot corner, big lanky corner. Um, can play uh, fluid. Yeah, very fluid player. Um, I think uh, he's got great coverage skills too. Um, and you put him on a Philly defense that, you know, got a little bit kind of gutted um, in free agency. You know, losing Charlie Gardner, uh, not Charlie, but uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson um, in free agency. Um, you know, losing a few key pieces, I think, you know, rebuilding your defense, getting uh, kind of reloading there, even though you do bring back slay and bradbury i think uh having uh, gonzalez there uh in that rotation of corners is only going to go uh and help uh help philly's back end on their defense there so gonzalez that tends to pick i love that pick I, he's he's a really he's going to be i think he reminds me of the corner like he's got like a byron murphy kind of feel to me but he he just you can he pops off the tape too as well and he's just kind of like he's got swagger to him you know um but like i said six one uh, about 200 pounds and he ran a four three eight and then he, he, all of his drills were fluid at the combine, you know, ran, uh, tested well, everything. Um, I, I, I think he's going to go anywhere from 10 to 15 or even, you know, 8 to 15, who even knows. But I think he goes in around that range. So I think that's a great pick. All right. Next on the clock is Tennessee. God, I mean, as much as I want to go tackle again, just keep going because Taylor Lewan, <laughs> even meeting Taylor Lewan in Indy, shout out. Um, I, I can't hear. Um, so I'll go. I'm going to try a different way. So, yeah, the, uh, the pick is in. All right, so with the 11th pick, the Tennessee Titans select edge rusher Miles Murphy. The, JJ knows this is my guy. Um, I just Tennessee's got to get better. They got they just got to keep adding talent. What better not than to add an edge rusher? You know, you could lose Jeffrey Simmons based on the contract too, so you got to do something on the D line. But I'm a big Miles Murphy guy. I love his quick first step, and he just the way he explodes to the ball. And like I said, it was in Clemson, you know, the ACC. But at the same time. Uh, I, like I said, I just love the way that he plays, and I just feel like that he is just going to be a decent edge rusher for them. And he, he's a, he, a guy that could re-sign, obviously, in the future there, too. Yeah, that's a solid pick. That's a very variable pick. It um, is. It's 100% variable pick. I think you could. You definitely could go O-line here. I mean, shit. I didn't want to go three in a row. I mean, hey, <laughs> go Broderick Jones. That's fine with me. We're, we're that drafting. Would, that would be the second option. The G, hey, We're the GMs of these teams, you know. You so. know what, though? At the same time, though, too, um, like I said, I'm going BPA, and if it was me, Murphy is my BPA over um, Jones at this point, even though Jones is great. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I, I like the pick there. Uh, I think that's, uh, you could go either way, O-line, D-line, but uh, Tennessee needs help either way. Um, so 12th yeah. pick here, I got Houston again. Dude, yeah, that's nice. You got a little Houston action twice, so is so, it the pick in? Yep, pick's going to be in here. So with the 12th pick, I think uh, what Houston would do, or what I would do, I'm going to take uh, Jackson Smith I and smelt it. I smelt at 12. It. I mean, if you're I telling me I, I got C.J. Stroud, the quarterback he played with in college, 
I mean, why not give him a teammate who Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave say he's the best guy in the wide receiver room as a whatever freshman or a sophomore when they were both there. Um, so, no, I mean, I think he proved enough in the combine. And obviously, he pops off the tape. Like, uh, the, the way he can run routes and get open and some of this contested catches he makes, he's got great body control. Uh, the way he can contort in the air and make these uh, unreal catches. Uh, but he did enough for me at the combine, and uh, his 40 wasn't egregious. I, I think he solidified his, his spot as a wide receiver one in this class. I, I don't think he left much doubt um, after the last month. And like I said, he just pops on tape. His tape doesn't lie. He has very solid yes. tape. Um, so, you know, six foot, 196, probably play a little bit of slot. Uh, could maybe play on the outside, uh, but probably more of a slot receiver here. But, I mean, you give C.J. Stroud a reliable weapon. Like I said, you either protect your franchise or get him weapon. So, yeah, he he is the Keenan Allen type route runner. That's who he reminds me of. Uh, I think that's a fit. His player comp is Julian Edelman, actually. So that's actually pretty decent because he, he's really a slot guy. He's not an outside guy. He's the guy that's going to win in there. Um, They were talking about, though, his uh, his uh, shuttle time was the best. Yeah. 393. Yeah. They said that is one of the best in history. Quick that feet. that that is amazing, man. Especially coming off an injury too. And people, you know, people can dog this guy all they want. Like I said, we're big. I'm big, big, big Michigan fan. But uh, Ohio State, um, I don't blame him for sitting at the same time. Everybody's like, oh, well, you could have played against Georgia, blah blah blah. You know what? It, it is what it is. He he knew what he wanted to do. He wanted to be an NFL draft pick, and uh, he killed it at the combine. I seen him in person, and it was. He, you, I didn't really. It's hard to see the numbers, but you knew who he was by the way he did the straight line drill and just how soft his hands were and how how fast he could cut. But I think the most thing that separates himself is the way he can adjust his body to catching the ball. And I feel like that in the red zone and any type of third down catch, the way you adjust your body and can catch the ball, I think he's the best in the draft. So, and dude, pairing him with C.J. Stroud, J.J., come on, man, you're you're giving a connection to yourself. There you go. I love it. Absolutely. And Dynasty owners are very happy with uh, both if you have Stroud or Jackson Smith here. Um, and if you have a lot of picks in the 2023 draft, this could be a position to bundle up, boys. <laughs> bundle up the coats. So, yeah, I love this pick, dude. Absolutely. All right. On the clock now is the New York Jets, who have been in the the middle of all this Aaron Rodgers trade Packers talk. will not have this pick. They've no, already announced that. I'm pretty, pretty <laughs> certain the Jets will still be picking here, Helzer. So, um, yeah. What's the pick here at 13? You know what, man? This is the toughest pick. And this, like, we can't do trades in this one, but this would be one where you got to get capital back. And I just feel like that there's no person here that's going to, that's just here that's going to help you right away. I mean, there is one that I could think, but I just think the Jets, if they could get more picks, if they could trade here. But if they can't, I'll tell you right now, the pick is in. So with the 13th pick in the uh, 2003 NFL Draft, the New York Jets are selecting uh, defensive end, edge rusher, Nolan Smith from Georgia. Okay. This is a guy that is crawling up my boards like crazy. Um, one of our buddies here, and your friend Nick here, and I'm going to talk about that, but uh, he says he's a second rounder. Um, and I d- totally disagreed with him. He says it's just because he played in the Georgia line, you have to he, – He's get, the Jalen Carter's getting the double teams. That No, this guy – is an absolute stud. The way he drops back in coverage for an edge rusher slash outside linebacker 
it's it, it's night and day. And his forty time was excellent at the combine. Blew it out the water for a defensive end. So it's like at this point, if you're the Jets, you got to go best player available. And I know they got a couple guys under contract next year for the edge position too. So um, you know what? I'm just gonna load up a defense that Robert Sala is gonna keep going on. And I'm gonna take Nolan Smith. Cause I'm a big Nolan Smith guy, and he's a high character guy too. And I know Sala probably looks for that too. But I just feel like that's that's such a good fit with that team. I, I would go Nolan Smith. Yeah, I, I like the fit a lot, actually. It, it makes a lot of sense. Um, because, I mean, yeah, he, he could go to a situation where the Jets already have a really good defense, and he's just another piece of that puzzle there. So, no, I like the fit a lot. I was actually kind of looking to see, you know, okay, what <laughs> picks do I have coming up here? And, I mean, Nolan Smith at uh, 14 in New England would have made a lot of sense here. But, um all right, so with that being said, the Patriots are on the clock here. Um, the Patriots have a few different things that they need to fill. Um, you know, from corner, wide receiver. Um, they even, can do a lot. Even offensive line. Yeah, they could do a whole lot here. Um, I, I think the best player available, though, is Joey Porter Jr. Um, he fits a need. Giving their situation. I think, uh, yeah, the pick's going to be in here. I don't think the Patriots will trade this pick uh, based from what we're seeing here. I think they're they're uh, they're going to be picking here at 14. And um, we're going to take jo Joey Porter Jr. here. Um, I, I just think New England knows how to develop one position, and it's always cornerbacks. I feel like they have a yeah. corner every year. Corner that, factory. Eg exactly. I think they have a corner every year that you may not have heard of or you know Malcolm Butler don't know very much of JC Jackson being another yep. one that they ball out one or two years in New England say they sign somewhere else and they fizzle so like I don't know if Joey Porter is going to be that kind of guy exactly I think you know he's a good player so I think even if you were to go to a different team he would still be a good player, but go him going to New England here, he could turn into a top ten corner based on the way that they produce and develop their cornerbacks. So I would be excited about this pick if I'm a Patriots fan, because I mean they just need help overall. I'm not a, I'm not a real big fan of the wide receivers in this class, so I don't know if you know reaching for here at 14 for a wide receiver is the greatest move. Is it reaching though? Honestly, I forgot. I mean, I I seen this, but uh, I mean, Drake London went the top top nine last. There was a lot of receivers that go early. I'm like, is this the new normal? Just based on like, I think wide receiver. You'll see more often than not an elite right wide receiver go you know very high like a Jamar Chase. Obviously, yeah. the the more the most recent one, Justin Jefferson is the one that kind of slid. But still, even in that draft, you still had CeeDee Lamb, who I think was a top 15 pick, I believe. And then Jefferson in that same draft. So I, I do think after that class and how the way that they have emerged, I think GMs are more likely to look at taking a very good wide receiver because they know a wide receiver is probably the position that uh, you, you'll see a lot more uh, rookies translate to the NFL game than you do other positions. I mean, like with the exception of, you know, maybe D linemen. Um, an O-line, uh, but, you know, I've seen from time and time again elite receivers get drafted in the first round and put up numbers right from the get-go. So I do think that, you know, top 10 for a wide receiver is not out of the question just because of how game-changing yeah. it can be. Yeah, and that's, I think Jackson could, could be the guy that gets in the top 10 just based on, you know, the combine he had and just kind of the film that you got in there too. So I, I was just kind of curious on that because, like I said, this, a lot of these receivers and three of them, you know, you had uh, Olave, you had Wilson and J-Mo. 
they all went three in a row and they all mm-hmm. played for the same team so it's just uh i think that's going to be kind of the norm but the pro the prospects aren't as good as uh i think you know the other classes too but um yeah man you're leaving me in a tough spot here at 15 dude because i really not liking anything that i really would like to do if i was the packers um if it was me and i'm looking at this spot and I'm Gudakus right now, and I'm already on my way out. <laughs> uh, the Ty Schmidt little action. Uh, you know, I, I hate to do this, but, you know, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to give uh, Jordan Love help because we got to help him out. And I'm taking Dalton Kincaid. Uh, wow, um, okay. And the reason why I'm taking Dalton Kincaid is just the targets that he gets. You know, every he was the whole uh, Utah offense. And, you know, you got Watson, you got um, A.J. Dillon, you got um, uh, Aaron Jones back there, you got um, uh, we got. Dobbs, you, you know, so you could go another receiver with them too, but I feel like that they just, you know, they need a tight end. I can't remember the last tight end that they had that was somewhat special than Jermichael Finley. I mean, you, you had your Bubba Franks, yeah, Bubba Franks, stuff like that. So I feel like, and if you're gonna help Love out, go get him a receiver that's a tight end. Kincaid is pretty much a receiver, I feel like, and I know that's kind of high for a tight end. It's really not, but with the players on the board, but at the same time, I gotta help Jordan Love. I'm taking Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, that's not a bad pick. I uh, I mean, I like Dalton Kincaid a lot. Um, I think it would be a little bit of a surprise to, for him to be the first tight end off the board. We'll see, though. Um, I, I don't necessarily think Michael Mayer did anything to uh, drop his stock. I just think that a lot of uh, talent was found at the Combine. And a lot how of flavors. Athlete, yes, how athletic this tight end class is this year. Um, so it wouldn't be a total surprise, but I'd be a little bit surprised if Dalton Kincaid was picked here. But I still like, like you said, uh, we got to get Jordan Love some help, um, get him a receiving tight end that can kind of, you know, split out wide, do everything a, a big wide receiver could do. So I, I agree. I think that's a solid pick here. And they got the PFF here, too, with uh, him. He says that right here pretty much that he, his drop rates, really, he's only dropped two passes last year. And if you look at it this way, too, his average depth of target 6.2 yards. What better not for Jordan Love to have in that area, too, just as a safety net, you know? Exactly. Get open on the whip route, do whatever schedule. you got to do. Yep. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was a tough one, though, because, like I said, you know, I kind of wanted to go a different route here. But I just feel like if I, you know, I got Jordan Love for a little bit, we got to help him out. So. I like it. All right. This is an interesting spot here. Um, Washington on the clock now. Um, this is tough. This is this is a tough situation, tough spot here. But I I think I have an idea. Um, I'm gonna go maybe pick something it? that's not a big need. Yeah, with pick is in. I think I know what you're doing. So with the uh, 16th pick, the Washington Commanders are gonna select Will Levis, quarterback Ooh, from Kentucky. He gone. Stop the slide. I I don't know. I've seen Will kind of slide up and down draft mock drafts lately, um, but I mean, Washington might be a there might be a potential sale going on. Um, you know, I, I they don't really have a real answer. Uh, you know, you don't really know what you have with Sam Howell, but I think if you bring in another rookie like Will Levis, who I think obviously has a higher ceiling than Howell does. Yeah. Um, you let him compete for the job. I mean, I think they brought in Jacoby Brissett, correct, if I'm not mistaken, in, in uh, Washington as well. Yeah, I got rid of Heineke too. So they don't really have a real answer or even a long-term plan at quarterback. So for me here, uh, you know, Washington did some things down the stretch of the year, ultimately fell short. Um, but, uh, again, they didn't really have a quarterback last year either. The Carson Wentz experiment was – 
a complete disaster. So I think you uh, to get Will Levis at 16 is, has a ton of value too. I mean, there's a lot of uh, notable uh, analysts out there that have Will Levis as like a top 10 prospect. So yeah, and th- that's the thing is you're taking advantage of it. And like you said, you might like Sam Howell, but at the same time, you've got to take a chance if you're Washington. You know, it's a it's a weak NFC. You know, right now too, and um, you might not play right away, but at the same time, uh, you can't. If he's keep the slide keeps happening, you got to do your homework. But I. I think yeah, I think this is a good spot where it slot where it stops here. So that's a great pick. And it's another situation where, like you said, he doesn't have to play right away. You got you know Jacoby Brissett in there. He's probably going to start the year because Ron Rivera is an old man that doesn't really <laughs> believe in starting young quarterbacks. But you know, let him let him and Sam Howell battle it out. You know that long term, either though one of those guys has got to be the option. So you got to let them figure it out in training camp and in practice. And if Will Levis takes off, then yeah, obviously. You got uh, somebody that can wait behind Jacoby Brissett until he starts throwing, you know, 10, 12 picks through four weeks. Then maybe you think about playing the kid. But good athlete, good athlete. I just think, yeah, for whatever reason, he's sliding. Um, but I still think, you know, he's worthy of a, a top, probably should go in the top 10 in real life. But since we can't do many trades here, Will Levis at 16 is going to be the pick. And you got to think too by looking at this too with Levis is like you're a friend you were a fringe playoff team last year too. So you, this is a spot where it's like you usually go BPA but if you have a, a opportunity to take a chance like this I think you like you say you have to take it. So I like that a lot. Pick the Detroit Lions 2019 draft. Pick Jelani Tabai, University of Hawaii. We take a Hawaii linebacker who was pretty much out his whole senior year. Whole senior year. Bar. A fucking linebacker who's a fifth round pick. We took him in the second round. Passed on Greedy Williams, Nasir Adderley. Players that will make contribution. You're listening, right? I am drinking this pint of tequila. Along with the rest of this pint. Because I am a stupid Lions fan. And I will continue to buy season tickets with stupid purchases and draft picks like this. I am the problem, okay? I just want to let you know. I love you all. Hey, appreciate you guys listening here in the pod. Uh, that was episode GM version mock draft picks 1 through 16. Uh Please stay tuned to our next episode as we unleash uh, 17 to 31. You're joking. Not another one? Oh, for God's sake, I can't honestly, I can't stand this.